I have a great idea. If the government actually cared about your health, if they really wanted to improve the lives of everyday Americans, they would mandate that we take, you know, some actual supplements and healthy products that would help us. Like, like I don't know, maybe like Field of Greens. We could take that every day. You know, at least it works. It's backed up by, you know, actual science and data because Field of Greens is packed with 18 clinically researched essential fruits and vegetables and loaded with antioxidants. It uses real organic fruits and vegetables which support your immune system, heart health, metabolism, blood pressure, and digestion. Plus, it's pre and probiotic. Field of Greens is super easy to add to your morning routine. No Mexican matching pills, no nasty gummies, no gimmicks. You just put one scoop in a glass of water, stir it, you're done. Here's the best part. It comes in and tastes great. Multiple flavors. Go to BrickHousePoso.com. You get 15% off your first order with promo code POSO at checkout. They have a whole line of amazing products to help you live up to your full potential. So check them out today. BrickHousePoso.com. It's BrickHousePoso.com. And use, of course, promo code POSO. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today's top stories, the Uyghur skier who lit the Olympic torch in the opening ceremony of the Beijing Olympics has disappeared following her less than sterling showing on her recent ski outing. We're going to talk about this. Next, the Canadian government is cracking down on the peaceful trucker protests. Third, Leftists get Joe Rogan to delete over 100 podcasts from Spotify. And finally, President Biden's first year in office saw 73 police officers killed, the most since 1995. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Well, of course, as the CCP is hosting their Olympics this year. They've been given it, and it is the coronation ceremony for Xi Jinping. I remember hearing people saying, oh, we're gonna expose this and it's not gonna happen and you'll see there'll be boycotts and we're gonna really hold China accountable, we're gonna hold the CCP accountable, but none of it happened. And none of it's going to happen. Why? Because of money, because of money and power. The politicians of the West have been bought off this is elite merger, all right? Elite merger with the CCP. They do not care. Oh, sure, they might be up there and they're gonna, they're gonna talk a big talk about this. Or you get people like H.R. McMaster out there, the general, saying, we need to confront China on the South China Sea. Meanwhile, he sits, literally sits on the board of directors of Zoom, all right? Understand, folks, you're being conned. Don't fall for it. So, of course, we know what they're doing, the Uyghurs, and I've talked about this before, because they're trying to build uh, infrastructure across Xinjiang into Pakistan to be able to get that oil out of Iran, up through the Gulf, up through Pakistan, and then overland through Xinjiang province from the One Belt, One Road to fuel their growth around the world and grow, fuel their growth in East China. Well, the issue, though, is all these Uyghurs are in the way. So what do you do? Well, they lock them up. They're locking them all up. But, of course, what did the CCP come back and do? Xi Jinping came out, and even I didn't predict this in my Newsweek piece. Got to give him credit. I didn't actually predict he would be this absolutely ruthless. Huge slap in the face to the West. He chose a Uyghur athlete to go and carry the torch for the final moments of the Beijing Olympics ceremony. Take a look.
there's just been one problem with that, and what is it? Oh, the Uyghur skier has disappeared after finishing 43rd out of 65 in her ski games. Why would they do this? I thought that she was supposed to be the new face of Xinjiang, the new face of the Uyghurs, but it turns out that Dinajir Ilamudyang finished 43rd in her cross-country skiathon Olympic debut. The 20-year-old is one of six athletes from Altai Prefecture in northern Xinjiang. After finishing, she vanished from the spotlight and escaped a pool of journalists. This, of course, is after she lit the flame in China's propaganda attempt to deflect some of the guilty claims of genocide. So where did she go? This is exactly like what happened with Peng Shuai. Now, you notice that Peng Shuai has come out today and has been doing this whole uh, forced confession where she says, oh, it was just a big under misunderstanding. I didn't mean to claim that a CCP official had raped me. Um, you know, you guys took that out of context early. But then if you actually look at the picture for Peng Shui, and she's in this hotel room, right? She's standing next to a mirror. And if you look in the mirror, you can actually see the CCP handler who's standing right there looking at her, right? The camera caught it in the mirror looking at her Arms crossed, making sure that everything she says is above board and everything she says is in full support of the party. Are you paying attention yet? Dissidents or people who don't fit with the program or people who are just become problematic for whatever reason, whisked away, whisked directly away. And of course, we shouldn't be surprised from this. Again, we're dealing with a CCP regime, the same regime that has taken their authoritarian measures, right, and have infected the United States and the West writ large. We're gonna talk in a minute about how you're seeing authoritarian measures now be used in Canada against peaceful truckers. Where do you think that brand of authoritarianism came from? We were told in the West that opening up to China would make China more democratic, it'd make them more liberal, it'd make them uh, fall in love with our shared values. They keep saying that, shared values. Like we share values with communists, right? I don't share values with communists. Do you share values with communists? No, they're communists. And what are they gonna spread? They're gonna spread the idea that if a government says, oh, there's a national emergency, well, if there's a national emergency, then we have to do something about this. And so you'll get people like Dr. Anthony Fauci, who were never elected to anything, who can have power and total control over you, over your life, over your children's lives, over your family's lives, even whether or not you can go across a border to a country that's right next door, like the US and Canada. And if you're a trucker, that means you can't go across the border. Understand what point in the movie we're in. Well, Canada's crackdown on the trucker uprising has begun. Yes, Justin Trudeau's allies are about to begin cracking down on the truckers just like a Castro. Funny how that works. What's going on, actually? The Ottawa mayor has declared a state of emergency to deal with the trucking blockade. This is out of Reuters. Ottawa Mayor Jim Watson on Sunday declared a state of emergency to help deal with an unprecedented 10-day occupation of by protesting trucks that has shut down much of the core Canadian capital. This reflects the serious danger and threat to the safety and security of residents posed by ongoing demonstrations and highlights the need for support from other jurisdictions and levels of g -g 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 government. Yeah, that's, that's the Ottawa Mayor Jim Watson I think we see what's going on here. In the middle of night, and because there were reporters who were out there and actually caught this on tape, 
the mayor ordered the police to go in and start not confiscating or arresting anybody or uh, ticketing people. And there were some tickets obviously given, but they confiscated the fuel supplies that people had brought in because they didn't want fuel and propane tanks to be given to them that they were using to stay warm during winter. They took the supplies away and they sent in riot squads to do it. Take a look. God help that you could just switch sides and recognize what's going on. People think about what's happening in this country. Sir, look at me in the eye. Look at me in the eye. Your little ones need to be protected. God, open your eyes, sir. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Stand up for your freedom, sir. Stand up for your freedom, sir. Stand up for your freedom. Stand on the right side of history. How's your mom feel about you? They're also threatening to arrest anyone who provides material support to the trucker protest. So explain to me how that works. It's a protest, which is a lawful activity. It's not a legal activity. But when you declare a state of emergency under COVID-19, suddenly the government grants itself new powers. And the government gives itself the ability and the authority to declare anything that you do to be an illegal act, and then they say, oh, now we do have the authority to go and do this because there's a pandemic. You get it? They won't let it go, and they won't let you protest. They never did this. Throughout all the marches in 2020, Black Lives Matter, the rioting, the looting, the arson, never saw it. You never saw this done. And yet now they're gonna go in, they're gonna say, look, I was in Chaz, 2020 in the summer, in June of 2020, they didn't go in and confiscate anything. They allowed it to happen. The police stood down. They were ordered to stand down by former mayor, Jenny Durkin. And there's a reason that she's a former mayor now. They allowed them to stand down. The people came in. They brought weapons with them. They brought arms. They brought rifles. And they killed people. They murdered people in the street in Chaz. You don't see that with the truckers. The truckers are up there dancing. They have bounce houses for the children, all right? This is, this is Canada we're talking about here, right? These are Canadians. These aren't exactly the most confrontational people. They're, they're known as being the nicest people in the face of the world. So that's why we say, when you know that Canadians are protesting, obviously things have gotten out of control. But of course, that's not all that's going on up there because we just found out that the man who was charged in a Winnipeg car attack, an SUV, drove into the protest, striking people. The driver of that SUV has now been identified. What was his name? David Zagarek, who has a history as an Antifa anarchist. So you understand, the media and Trudeau's allies have been uh, all week saying, racist, violent, violent, racist, violent, racist, violent, racist, violent, racist, violent, racist about the truckers. You know, we had, my parents were actually talking to somebody that they know who, is, you know, isn't really a big news person, but maybe, you know, when they do watch the news, it's, it's either MSNBC or CNN or NPR driving the car. Didn't even know about the truckers. Didn't know any of it even existed and was shocked to find out this was happening. So in the media, the mainstream media talks about the truckers. It's to smear them, but most of the time, they don't talk about them at all. But who's actually committing violence? Oh, it turns out that it's a member of Antifa, again. Are you seeing the government declare a state of emergency to go after Antifa cells? 
This is somebody who's uh, taken into custody, a longtime activist with the extremist group Antifa. The front man, uh, he's in, uh, uh, involved with a number of different groups. Um, the Apple Cart Collective is, is one of the name of one of these groups, as well as um, you know, performing shows for Antifa events and speaking out against in, insane calls for violence, complete calls for violence. That's who they stand for. The truckers just want freedom, and they just want to be able to do their jobs. And I'll tell you something right now. I would much rather live in a country controlled by truckers and farmers than I would in a country that's controlled by journalists and academics. We need one. We don't need the other. Explain to me why exactly we need journalists. What is the point? What purpose do they serve in a world where we have social media like this? Woo, that's supposed to be asking those questions. So a massive saga played out over the last weekend regarding freedom of speech, and at its epicenter was the Joe Rogan podcast. And the Joe Rogan podcast has really become something that we haven't seen before in this country in a long time, right? Maybe Howard Stern in the 90s, right, or even early 90s could kind of be considered something like this. But Joe Rogan's podcast has become a cultural touchstone, a mile point, a place where people can say, We'll listen to this and view it as a forum, more of a forum than someone who's, you know, for one side or the other. And I think Rogan, you know, and I say this as somebody who, you know, just sees it from the outside, it looks to me that he runs his ship, he runs that forum as a place where people can come from either side and be fairly heard out. And that seems to be what he's driving for. Well, the left, of course, hates this. Corporate America, of course, also hates this. Why? Because they are in bed with one another. Remember, the point is not what you say. The point is your compliance. They don't want your apology. They want your groveling. They want you to know that they are above and you are below, that you do not get to make your own decisions. Your decisions are made for you. And that if you say or do anything that goes outside the line, you color within the lines, right? But if you go outside those lines, you get reined back in. Well, now they're trying to cancel Joe Rogan. They're pulling up this old clip where apparently um, in the context of quoting others, he used the N-word. But of course, when Joe Biden does that, President Biden, nobody cares. In fact, my own tweet of President Biden when he was Senator Biden dropping the N-bomb got a Twitter warning label attached to it. But none of the videos of Joe Rogan got a Twitter warning label attached to him. It's not hypocrisy, it's hierarchy, above and below. How, how many times do I have to keep saying this? It's not left, right, it's up, down. There's one set of standards for them, and there's one set of standards for everybody else. And until you understand that, until if you understand there is a two-track system in the West right now, one for the authoritarian ruling class, one for everybody else, you will not understand what's going on. This is not about left versus right anymore. It's liberal, conservative, no. It's about the people with power and the people who don't have power. Now here's Joe Rogan. He made a response to this video. Never use it to be racist because I'm not racist. But whenever you're in a situation where you have to say, I'm not racist, you f***ed up. And I clearly have f***ed up. And that's my intention to express myself in this video, to say, 
there's nothing I can do to take that back. I wish I could. Obviously, that's not possible. I do hope that, if anything, that this can be a teachable moment. Now, as a result of this, Spotify has gone in and deleted over 100 episodes of the Joe Rogan Experience, back episodes. Some of them were people who have been saying there weren't even racial slurs on them. What's going on? And they've deleted episodes in the past when he's had conservatives on. But Rumble just came out. So Rumble, which I love, I think is an incredible platform. Chris Pavlovsky is the guy who's heading that thing. They're moving down to Florida right now. All free speech. They just came out this morning and made a fantastic offer. They said, Rogan, you come to us. If you come to Rumble, we'll give you a $100 payday. So we'll buy out your contract from Spotify. You can walk away from them and then no more censorship, no more rules, no more restrictions, no more cancellations. We have the infrastructure now, we have the parallel economies. And this is why I've told you that we need to construct parallel economies. And by the way, Rumble is not some uh, conservative bastion, right? They've got Glenn Greenwald, they've got Tulsi on there, right? You've got plenty of people. I think Jimmy Dore does a show on there as well. So you've got plenty of people that are from the left or the, you know, the left of the aisle. But again, it's not about left or right anymore. It's about up and down. And so people who don't want to play off of the sheet of music that's being handed to them by the regime authoritarians, you notice that's actually been the story, right, throughout the whole show today so far. The first one, authoritarianism, CTP. The second one, authoritarianism, Trudeau's allies cracking down like a Castro on peaceful protesters. And the third one, authoritarians again, Joe Rogan getting shut down by Spotify. Over 100, ep 100 episodes, 300 hours of content gone, just gone. I think it's time for a Gen X uprising. It's absolutely time and it needs to happen right now. Totally new and improved, the brand new MyPillow.com has been updated. I encourage you to go to MyPillow.com backslash POSO. You can find all the latest deals up there, all the flash sales. This thing does get updated on the regular, so go and check out with the flash sales. I think the last time I checked, the flash sales that were up were for the pillows and for the sheets, and then also for the towel set, six pack of towels that you get for that. Obviously, with promo code POSO, you're gonna get huge savings. You know, this winter has been crazy. This week in DC, finally, we're getting a little bit of a respite, but I know to prepare before it happens, not after it happens. And that's why I go to mypillow.com backslash posto. I use promo code, I use it myself, by the way, right? We use it for our family when we go to order stuff because we know that every little bit helps. It goes to American workers. And by the way, you know that when something's being shipped to you, it's being shipped by one of the truckers, mypillow.com. Horrific story out of the New York Post. Biden's first year in office saw 73 police officers killed the most deaths since 1995, the Clinton administration. So the Biden administration has seen the most police deaths since the Clinton administration. More cops killed in the line of duty during President Biden's first year of office than any other year since 1995. 73 officers, and by the way, this is intentional killings. We're talking about murders. 73 officers intentionally killed in the line of duty, a nearly 59% increase over 2020 when 46 cops were murdered, um, citing the FBI's database and officers killed in action. We, now, this is from Jason Johnson, the president of Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund, says, we believe it's a combination of the George Floyd protests and riots and a general feeling of preference for less law enforcement and less prosecution and less 
policing. Law enforcement officers have essentially been marginalized and demoralized and cast aside and encouraged now to enforce the law. And we've seen massive jumps in the homicide rates in cities across America. This is obvious to anyone who's been paying attention. As I say on the show again and again and again, get out of cities, get out of cities. We see what's coming. We see what's happening all around us. Open your eyes. It's not conservatives that are going into the inner city and killing each other and attacking and murdering police officers, okay? This needs to stop, but until it does, until this does all come to a stop, our cities are becoming unlivable. Do not be there. Don't spend time there. And certainly don't bring your families there. But go listen. Go listen to President Biden when he was candidate Biden discuss on the campaign trail just how much he cares about our nation's police officers. When your husband goes on a call that in fact is a 911 call, it's better if he or she has with them a psychologist or psychiatrist with them, someone who knows how to deal with someone who is not all there. And so there's a lot of things we should be doing. In addition to that, I also am proposing that we spend a significantly more money on community policing. The reason it worked, my son used to be an attorney general in the state of Delaware. The idea is- So show me one iota of actual feeling, empathy from this White House about the police officers being gunned down on their watch. These guys who played footsies with the defund the police movement. We knew it was gonna happen. We told you this would happen. And now it's come to pass. Look, just, just get out of cities. The people there have voted for the situations that they're in. The people there want their cities to collapse or they wanna pursue these insane lunatic policies. So let, if they wanna bring the Bolsheviks in, and if they wanna let the criminals out of jail, then let them, but don't be a part of it. And that is it, that's all the time we have for today. Human Events Daily, this is your fastest, most action-packed, high-value podcast that you're gonna hear your daily briefing every single day. Remember our motto, our oath, our solemn vow to you. Be good, be brief, be gone. And your homework, share this out with one normie friend and then go leave us your five-star review on Apple or Spotify or Rumble or wherever else you get your podcast until they shut us all down. But before we go, it's time for today's history break. Today, February 7th, 1962, President John F. Kennedy signed the executive order broadening the United States restrictions and placed the embargo on Cuba. Why? Because the Soviet Union had placed missile structures and missile um, uh, ballistic missiles on the island of Cuba in our own backyard. And we were threatened by this existentially. We then cut them out. This is our hemisphere and we should be the ones who run it. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.